Welcome to Echo Online Service. We've been waiting for you. Well, Jordan in particular has been standing there for about an hour waiting to jump onto the screen and welcome you. He's pretty excited. They're finally here. Comment, let us know you're here. Introduce yourself. We're friendly people here at Echo. Speaking of friendly people, we have the blessing of hosting Nolan and Hannah, who are incredible missionaries who have sold everything to serve around the world. They're coffee-loving, people-loving humans, and we're proud to stand with them as they spread the good news and build relationships literally around the globe. So proud, in fact, that with your help, we gave them over $9,000, almost $10,000, to enable their work to continue. This Sunday, we get to hear from them, hear their story, so buckle up. It's a good one. But before that, let's talk about something that's core to us here at ECHO. We're all about living that generous life. Giving is part of how we think and how we live, being generous with our kindness, generous with our time, generous with our encouragement, and generous with our finances. In this way, we get to partner with God to bring about his kingdom. We have all sorts of ways for you to give. You can head to our website, text any amount to 84321, or use the Church Center app. Thanks again for joining us. We love having you as a part of our Echo fam. We hope you enjoy Echo service online. High five. That didn't work. <laughs>
Jesus, Jesus. It's only in your name. We find everything we need. So even if we're going through it right now, even we don't see, we don't, we, there's a lot of unknowns, God. We can go forward knowing that you're ahead of us. And so we can stand in praise. We can stand and thank you, God, for who you are, knowing that you got it covered, man. You got it.
God, in the quietness of this moment. God, we just declare your greatness in this place, God. God, that there is no sin. God, there is no battle that is not already won, Jesus. So God, we submit it to you in this place, God, and you take us. You go before us, Father. We acknowledge that there's victory in your name. It's all across this room we humbly submit our hearts to you and our minds, Jesus. We submit it to you in this place and everyone says amen. Amen, is God good? Come on. to start one of our favorite series. Last year, we kicked this series off called Hear Me Roar. Little did we know we'd be entering a pandemic. And here we are one year later, and we are doing Hear Us Roar because we are better together. Amen? So you guys, if you have not joined in for this series, buckle up. It's amazing. Our whole heart with this, within this series is to hear people's stories. We believe that every single one of you has a story worth being told and heard, and that God is calling each one of you to use you, equip you, and set you up on, within your purpose. Amen? So today, we get to hear from two of our friends. You don't know them yet, but we promise you will love them. Their names are Hannah and Nolan Tarantino, and they are here visiting, and we get to watch a video and hear from them live, and they are part of our Echo Extended family. So let's give a warm applause for Nolan and Hannah Tarantino. My name is Hannah. This is Nolan. We have four boys, Colton, Ryland, Baron, and Hayden. I grew up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Grew up going to church with my family but I was not growing up in a happy home per se. What you saw on a Sunday morning, what you saw in our family during the week were um, not the same image. I had a youth pastor and his wife that cared about who I was and wanted to be uh, Jesus to me, that I realized there was something that I needed. There was a safe place uh, for me to belong. And just over the years of, of them, along with some other uh, families pouring into me, speaking life over me, showing me Jesus in the flesh, that I uh, was learning little by little uh, who Jesus was, just by being around people who love Jesus. Yeah, my story just kind of happened a little bit before hers. I'm living in Florida, uh, Hannah's in Wisconsin, and we have no idea that as individuals, as we're trying to follow Jesus, he's doing something to orchestrate our life on this big picture. And I find myself uh, after my senior year in South Africa, and I went with my church on a short-term missions trip. And I remember on the flight home, I felt like God said, hey, are you, do you wanna consider, do you wanna continue going after this dream of yours? Or would you trust me on this other path? And I just remember being blank, like everything that I thought I was going to pursue was just empty. And I knew I had to follow. And I remember trusting him and I came home and I just talked to my pastor. I'm like, man, these are all the things I'm thinking. He said, would you, I think you should come to Europe with me. And as I prayed about it, I just felt like God was inviting me into this season of getting to know him. He said, just, I want you to fall in love with me. And I just trusted. It made no sense. Everybody that I went to high school was going to college. When I told my friends, I go, what do you, what do you mean you're not gonna go to college? You're gonna go to Europe? And all I knew was it was crazy, but I had to follow this. One day I was just uh, in a church service and I just felt like God was inviting me into something bigger. and. I decided 
I was gonna go for it. So I took that step of faith and ended up in Copenhagen, Denmark. Thought I was just gonna go for one year and quickly realized that there was a whole lot of people that were just like me, um, except for that they had no youth pastor. They had no one who knew Jesus in their life. Um, they didn't have the same opportunities that I had to encounter Jesus just because they weren't encountering anybody who had Jesus living inside of them. I knew that God was asking me to be a part of that answer, to be someone for those that I'd met in Copenhagen um, who needed to meet him and they needed to meet him through me. End up looking back now in the season of trusting God as I lived in Copenhagen was where I met Hannah. We saw that God wanted me to walk in intimacy with him. That's, that's all I can define it as. And because I did that, I meet my wife, and all of a sudden he invites us onto this journey where we've been serving in Europe for the last 20 years. I've lived longer in Europe than I have in the United States, all because we trusted God individually and said yes, and then all of a sudden he invited us on this journey of serving in Europe, and it's been amazing. We've served in Copenhagen, we've lived in Brussels, Belgium for nine years, and then in the last four years we went to Marseille, France. The church that we were at had this vision that they could reach out into their community. And when my wife and I looked around this lobby of their church, we saw so much potential that we could start a coffee shop. And we really felt like I was saying, trust me again. And it was, it was crazy. The night that we prayed this, the next morning, we get an email from a church in the, in the United States that said, we have $10,000. Do you need any money? And right away, we knew this is what God was asking us to do. People came into the coffee shop, and every day, we're starting to meet these people that were our regulars, our, our neighbors, people we would have never had access to. And we get to be inside of their lives and just love on them. This morning, my uh, second oldest looked at me and said, uh, Dad, why do you always wear that shirt on Sundays? <laughs> I mean, the truth is, I mean, we literally, one year ago when you guys were starting this service, one year ago is when uh, we were in the middle of lockdown in France with COVID and then all of a sudden just deciding that we were going to completely revolution change our life and make this cross international move back to the States for a season. So we packed everything and it's in a storage unit in France. So I don't have a lot of clothes. So I'm trying to <laughs> explain to him using the, this is my nicest shirt. <laughs> Thanks. So Andy and Christy gave me an opportunity to just kind of uh, share a little bit with you guys, uh, a little bit about our story. Most of the time, um, being missionaries, what you have to do is you have to go around to churches and share the vision of what God's doing and pray that people are stirred and that they want to support you because I have to raise all my money to do what we feel God's calling us to do. And so you go to church, to church, to church, and try to raise your funds and we really enjoyed doing that, but uh, when I was talking with Andy and we had the opportunity to come here, uh, I really felt like God really put something specific on my heart, and when I got to hear about this series that you guys were doing and the opportunity that we got to share a story, I was really motivated to um, just share um, this story that we're going to see in John, and I love it even just when you were talking, something just clicked I love that each one of us have a story. And what's great about that is there's two parts to that for most of us. Somebody engaged into our life and shared about Jesus, and then we recognized, even in our brokenness, that God could use us. And when we stepped out in faith, if we have, maybe we're just in the process of wrestling that I think God could use me. It's a beautiful journey when we do that. And there's someone that most of the time is engaged and then comes apart, walks alongside you. And then just, 
speaks life into you and shares Jesus. And when you accept that and you recognize the beauty of your story, it's powerful. That's why I love, I love hearing people's stories. They so often come over unexpected conversations. And we see this in John. It's a, it's a story where Jesus is at the well and he's going to meet this Samaritan woman. Now, if you've ever read this story, if you haven't stopped and actually dug into it and read it slowly, there's a pot of gold in the bottom of this story. But as modern day readers in a Western society, we don't often reflect through scripture through a first century Jewish audience that would be hearing this story. So before we even look into that, and I wanna even paraphrase some of the scriptures, it's important to just get your mind around this. In 722, BC, the Assyrians, which Assyria was just above Israel, they invaded Israel. And they took like 10 of the tribes and they would take them away. And some historians even say that the way that they took the Israel tribes out and into Assyria, that they used fish hooks and they put them in their mouth and they tied them. And it was one of the most brutal journeys of just dragging them into Syria. It was just brutal. Well, over the years that the Israelis were in Assyria, Many of the men would get with the women and they would have marriages. And out of that, their kids would be half-breeded Jewish people called Samaritans. You have to understand if you're a Jew, later on, the Samaritan word, they could not stand the Samaritans. Why? Because it was a painful reminder of their past, of a of what happened, and they're not fully Jewish. If you were a, a self-respecting Jewish person, you, you, just, you, uh, you would not talk with a Samaritan. And if you were um, a self-respecting Jewish rabbi, you definitely would never talk to a woman in public. You have to understand these. Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, would never, ever, he should have never, ever been seen talking with this woman, this Samaritan woman at the well. It's important just to pause and think about the cultural insensitivity that was happening around this well was this culture issue, was this religious issue because the Samaritans, they believed in Yahweh, God, but they also believed in some of these other things. And she was a woman. There were so many different things that against culture, he should have never engaged into this conversation. And on top of all of this, the Samaritans who were an outcast society, people would go all the way around Samaria to go the long way because they just never wanted to associate with those people. So in this outcast society, the woman that comes to the well is an outcast of an outcast society. How do we know that? Because when you read into the scriptures, Jesus starts talking with her and he starts telling things about her life that she's never told him about. He's like, I know that you've had five marriages. I know that you're sleeping with a man right now that's not your husband. She was there in probably the hottest part of the day. Why? Because all the other women, they would go in the morning when it's not hot. And now you're gonna gossip. Women, water, coffee, when are you gonna talk about what's going on? In the morning, around the well. Someone that was an outcast of an already outcast society, why would they put themselves in a position when they're constantly looking around and seeing, are they talking about me? She went when she could be alone, when no one would look at her, when no one would judge her. And Jesus was there. He broke custom to minister to this lady's life. And what do we know what happened? She goes back to her town, and the entire town was changed because of her testimony. You read over that and go, oh yeah, that's good. Can you imagine the families and the generational impact this one woman, who was an outcast of her society, had just because she did two things. She went into her town and said, guys, let me tell you what I experienced with Jesus. And she invited him, she invited the town to come meet him. I love this story, guys. I love it so much because what it does in a room like this, it, what, it, 
what it gives us permission is to recognize that God wants to use your story. I love that in the Greek alphabet, it says that God is the alpha and the last letter of the omega. He always was, he always is. And the beauty of this story that he gave us, the Bible, starts, it's so beautiful, it starts and it has a finish. And all the way to about right here, we have Revelation, where it starts to give us things that says, just be aware when you start to see these things happening in your world today, be ready. It says, we'll never know the time that Jesus comes back. But when you start to see these things, the time will be near. Everything else was the past. But right here is the present. And this is your present. This is your story that you haven't seen written in the piece of paper right now. But it's your story. And that is so powerful because we are a part He has invited each and every one of us to be a part of the greatest story ever told, and we're going to celebrate that next week with Easter. It has changed everything. See, I know deep inside each and every one of us, we have this desire, this significance to be a part of something greater than ourselves, to have this deep longing purpose. In Ecclesiastes, it clearly states that God has put eternity on the hearts of men. Every person that lives on this earth has eternity written. What that means to me is that everyone is longing for purpose and identity, and no matter if you have tons of money or little money, there's always something missing unless you have Jesus in your life. And the moment that happens doesn't make your life easy and perfect and everything's gonna be great, but it begins to just put priorities in place and it gives you the strength to walk through this life. What I love about this story is so many of us want to be a part of that. Yet I don't know everybody's story. I barely know anybody's story in this room. But the truth is we so often are afraid because we think, I didn't go to Bible school. If I'm honest, I don't read the Bible that much. Or I still have sin in my life. How can I make a difference? Just read the story again. She had a conversation with Jesus. Could that have been longer than 30 minutes? And I don't know how long it took for her to go into the town, but I'm pretty sure she went running and screaming because she was an outcast and she just was delivered by Jesus to give her the, she knew the Messiah. She was waiting for him and he gave her something that she had been looking for and it impacted her life to such an extent. She's a brand new Christian. She's sleeping with her boyfriend Yet God used her story to change an entire village. And I came here today specifically to say something to two people. I don't know where you're at, but somebody is sitting here, and just like how our story is, I remember the conversation I had with my high school buddies, looking at them, saying, I'm going to break custom here, guys. I'm not going to do what we're all supposed to do, go to college, play baseball. That's what I was going to do. And I said, I'm just going to go on this journey. And everyone just looked at me crazy at first. And then a few people were like, I knew something was different about you. And I'm so sad I never took that opportunity to share Jesus more. Some of us just need to get out of our comfort zone. And even the culture and everything around us is telling us what we can or can't do. It's just knowing this is what God's asking me to be obedient with. And I want to share my story Somebody out here is just sitting here and going, I love hearing these stories, but I don't feel I'm ready. I'm here to say, you are. Will you be just, you just have to step out. It says in Revelation 12, 11, it says that they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb. What happens next week by Jesus dying on the cross and rising again, says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. 
Isn't that exciting to know? I sit here and I am moved to be in a church like this that loves Jesus, that I see creatives that are so excited about their relationship with Jesus. And I didn't get to see everybody worshiping because I'm up front, but I know what it's like to not feel that way because I feel like I have to be like them if God can use me. And I'm just here to say, no, God wants to use your story even in your brokenness. I love that on the website it says, we're an imperfect church, we're an imperfect people serving a perfect God. And you're gonna hear more of our story But I just wanted to challenge you, whether you're the one activating someone's story, or maybe you're the person that just needs to tell your story to somebody, even in your brokenness, because God will do the rest. You just have to be obedient. So my last line was just simple this. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to have, we just have to be willing to be used by God. So we're going to have a little conversation with you guys. I wish we had coffee. We should have coffee. We in should hands, have coffee. <laughs> Dear baristas. Oh, I'll sit in between you guys. Hi, guys. Welcome. We got to switch. I can't do it. Okay, sit here. I need to look at both of you. It matters, right? It matters. But we just wanted to have a couple questions and just where you guys can tune into it. And my biggest thing when I see your guys' story, I see a lot of parallels with our heart and our mission here at Echo. And one thing that jumps out to me about how you guys do life and how you do ministry is that you meet people where they're at and you do life with them. And even just the visual image of what a coffee shop represents and opening it up to everyone in the community Can you unpack for us today some nuggets of truth or just wisdom and how you meet people where they're at, how you do ministry through relationship, through communication, and just over a cup of coffee? I just want to repeat something that Nolan had said, actually, because it was exactly how I felt growing up, was that God can use anybody. And I had always felt like I wasn't good enough. I always felt like my story wasn't pretty enough um, because I had so much pain and I had a hard time letting go of my pain. And once I realized that he only wanted what I had, where I was, Um, it changed everything for me. So I just wanted to repeat that and encourage you today that if you feel like your story isn't good enough, give God a chance. Give him a chance to prove you wrong because somebody needs to hear your story. And when we're trying to love on other people, there's just a recognition that we've had to have that it's not about us. Um, I, I know that God has seen me and I know that he sees you and I know that he sees the people in France and the people that we come in contact with and that's what I want them to feel. I want them to know that they're seen. Um, and we just want to love people where they are. I don't want to control how God wants to use us or how that story unfolds. It's not my job. But I know that he wants to um, show love through, and sometimes that needs to be through a person. And so when we would have people come in the, in the coffee shop, I just wanted to see them. I wanted to know who they were. I wanted to know their story. And, um, sometimes that was just, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. We're here visiting Marseille for the weekend and da 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 and they'd leave and you never really knew them that well or sometimes people would come in and they'd come in and they'd come in and they'd come in and we had one girl um, her name was Elise and she came in um, often turns out she knew nobody um, in Marseille and we became her family and she didn't know she didn't know Jesus she didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus and we didn't push that on her we just continued to get to know her and, and love her. And 
eventually she joined our team and eventually she stayed for some worship nights and it was Jesus who met with her in those moments. It was him who was stirring in her heart and letting her know that she was loved and that she was seen. It was never something we had to do. So um, it was just uh, a privilege, honestly, to watch and, and follow his lead in that. Do you have anything, Nolan? No, actually, I just, the word I just thought is so often it's God's just looking for your availability. Like I just said, your willingness to be used. We have no secret sauce. It's just, we just said, God, if you can use us, we're here. And now it's just been this crazy journey. That's what I love about John 10.10. When I read that when I was younger is, what does life to the fullest look like? Well, I had an idea what that looked like. 20 years later, looking back at my life, I had no idea the life to the fullest God truly had for me. I just had to be willing to trust him and be available. That's so good. I think too, one thing that inspires me knowing you guys and seeing how you do ministry and how you do life is that you blur everything together. And I think so often it's easy for us to compartmentalize Like, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to go have coffee with this person, or I'm going to go to church. But I think it's that showing up for people seven days a week and letting them into your home and just inviting them in. When we did youth ministry for years, I would bring teens with me to run errands, like Target, all the things. And then they got, you know, you're having quality time together. And I think so often we think it has to be fancy or professional, or there's this like secret, like step-by-step process. And it inspires me to see how you guys continually just to open up and let people in. I want to ask one more question. When I hear 20 years living in Europe, 20 years of saying yes to God, we can be like, awesome. That's so cool. That's inspiring. But I'm I'm pretty sure you guys have had some real moments where maybe you've wanted to quit or you've been overwhelmed or you felt defeated, has there been moments or lessons that you could share with us where when you wanted to quit, what's happened or what's kept you going in the day-to-day of just the calling that you guys have in your life? There's been a lot of pain. (laughs) And I think I've just come to realize that's life. And it's a choice to what I've enjoyed in the last, the last four or five years is I've always heard pastors say, you should really read your Bible. Okay, well, I'm a missionary. You would think I've read my Bible all the way through multiple, multiple times. And I just realized that's not something I really put priority to. And as soon as I did that, and I'm not perfect with it every day, but that has been the most enjoyable thing is reading the Bible because it changes all the time because it says it's alive. And you never know what people mean by that unless you actually read it. And when you're reading it, it's amazing how when life is difficult or people backstab you and then all of a sudden you make a choice to say, God, I have no time or energy, but I'm gonna find space, even if it's five minutes and something jumps out of the Bible. And you're just like, So spending time with God and being in community. Because when life is difficult, it's not meant to be alone. And every time we've run into just going, why God? We're like, we sacrificed everything. Like, why why is this happening? Is running to people. And when we had no strength, they were our strength. And I think that's just been two of the biggest things is having a great community and just spending time with God. Simple. That's good. Do you hear that? The Bible is living. If every single one of us read the same scripture, we're all going to have a different takeaway, or it's gonna, God's going to speak to you in a different way than he's going to speak you know, to Sam. And I just think that there's power in that. And yes, Sunday mornings are amazing, hearing a, putting on a podcast, hearing a sermon, but opening the word up for yourself. That's good. Did you have anything, Hannah? Are you good? I would I was just going to add I can handle uh difficult times for myself but then when you add in your children yeah. sometimes that's the moment where I'm very tempted to take back control and go okay no I've got to um 
I've got to do what's safest for my children. And I've just been very challenged to trust that God also has best interest for our kids. And, um, and really, really believing. And sometimes I think all we can do is just pray, Lord, help me um, um, overcome my unbelief. Help me to trust you. And if you don't know where to start today, that's where you should start. Because it's not easy to let go of control and, uh, and watch our kids. They have to make sacrifices. They don't get to grow up around their grandparents. They don't get to have uh, a lot of stability. Uh, <laughs> and that really rubs me sometimes. But I know that God sees them and that he has what's best for them. And I just have to keep telling myself that. And if I can't, then I just pray, Lord, help me to trust you. That's so good. Thank you. All right. So at this point, we're going to watch another video and you guys get to hear and learn of what they're doing next in their life. Last spring, COVID hits France. We just took this time to pray and seek God because we needed God to speak. We heard him just continue to bring Israel in front of us. Everything we known up to this point was all about trying to be obedient. But again, we, we were so comfortable in Europe. We thought, no, this is where God wants us to be. And uh, I remember reading the Bible one morning um, and it was when Moses is getting ready to go to Pharaoh and he's afraid. He's like, what if Pharaoh doesn't listen? And God looks at him and he says, what's in your hand? And I remember just looking in my hand and I said, I have coffee in my hand. We believe God just took this last season of our life, which came out of pain. He brought us to a place where he trained us and gave us this passion that we didn't even know existed. And I think that's what's the beauty about following Jesus. Jesus never promised it was gonna be easy. But what he did promise in John 10.10 10, is a life beyond what I could ever imagined. And you don't get to experience that until you risk something. And when you risk it and you step out in this moment of what if, and then all of a sudden, you see God's faithfulness come across. And you go, I'm so glad I took that risk. Right now, we stand in this new journey, this new season with God to go to Israel. We've said yes. It's scary, to be honest. We have four little boys. We just packed up our house in France. We own nothing. We just put it in a storage unit. We came back because we just believe we're, we're foolish enough to trust God with everything we have because he's continued to be faithful. And each time we trust him, he gives us something more to be responsible with. And we're just excited for this journey to go to a place and love on people through coffee, cinnamon rolls, and food. Trusting isn't always easy. <laughs> and what started off as just a feeling that needed to go and do this discipleship school in, in Denmark has turned into finding each other, getting married, saying yes to serving in Belgium, to go to Marseille, having no idea what was gonna happen there, starting a coffee shop. Each step has uh, grown our relationship with God, has grown our trust because His kindness has been a thread through everything. Even when it was painful, His kindness met us each step of the way. And it makes us want to keep going because things are happening that we couldn't do on our own. And it's crazy, I mean, when God was speaking to us to change our life again, is right when the whole world stopped. COVID took over, paused everything, and we had a choice. We had to be reactive, not scale back and say, we don't know what God's going to do. No, we chose in that moment that God's still moving through COVID. God's doing something today, and he just says, what's in your hand? Because I wanna use you. He knew COVID was coming. He knew this pandemic would be here. And he wants to share his love through this season. And we're just trying to figure out how we can be a part of that. So now we've left uh, our home 
in Marseille and we're moving to Israel and we're going to be using coffee to create community, uh, to create a space for people to feel seen and accepted and loved. Everyone thinks of missions, like if you're a missionary, you're sharing Jesus in these really profound ways. For us, we see it as opening a business and creating a coffee shop, a specialty coffee shop. And we've seen in our family, this is the best way that we can share Jesus, is simply over coffee. And we love that we get that opportunity to meet people and just be in their life, to be Jesus to them. A quarter of 1% of Israelis have a relationship with Jesus, and it's a number that's really hard to comprehend. We're praying, we're believing that God will use a cup of coffee to make a difference in that number. Yeah, and we look forward to sharing those stories with you in the future. And we're the Tarantinos, and here is Roar.
Jesus. Just all across this room, will you just close your eyes? Will you not worry about who's standing next to you or behind you or in front of you? I just sense that the Lord wants to spark a fire in your life today. again there's someone sitting in this room that you need to hear this one thing your story should be shared you may not feel you're not ready the Lord is confirming once again in this room you are to share your story there are people that have come into this space and God, their hearts are hardened. Will you break our shells? Will you take the lid off of our boxes? God, will you birth in us enough guts to step out of the box and under your authority and follow you one step at a time. I sense there's, there's a young person in here today. You've been asking God, what, do I, what should I do in my life? And what you need to hear today is you need to be just like them. Two people in two different cities doing two different things. But God's enough to just try and step out to do your will, God. For some of us that are old and crusty, give us the guts to break custom. Give us the guts to break custom, Jesus. Break the normal, break our own way and submit to yours for once. In Jesus' name. Jeez, anybody else crying in the house or what? You guys are an inspiration. Anybody agree with that today? A week before Jesus' death, Jesus sent his disciples his apprentices, apprentices, his followers into the city with a story. You know what that story was? We need a colt. I need a donkey. In that same way as Nolan had shared, you might not have picked up on this, but Jesus sent a woman into the city with a story. And because she was faithful, the whole city came to Jesus. In fact, they came out of the city and Jesus told them more things. And then they invited him back into that city for two more days. There's there's a few biblical historians that believe that Jesus' first triumphant entry into a city was Samaria, a town in Samaria. And in that city, almost everybody came to Jesus. And that's what today is all about. It's Palm Sunday for those that are in the house. For those that are online, sorry, you're two weeks delayed. That's why you should come to church. No hate emails, please. We love you too. Jesus sent his disciples into into the city and he entered and they screamed and yelled and celebrated Jesus but ultimately led to death and I just sense that there are some people in here you've tried your way you've formed your own custom 
You've created your own boxes. And Jesus is calling you out of those today. Following Jesus is difficult, but yet simple. Because it starts with a surrender. And that's what we do every week here. This is not a special prayer. This is just a prayer to remind us. I mean, we're imperfect people needing to lean on a perfect God. And so I'm going to invite those who pray this every week to pray this once again. But I also want to invite some people that came into this place today and you feel far from God. And today is the day you get to take a step closer to Jesus. And Jesus, I sense, is calling you by name. So I want to invite you to join us at the table. Let's pray this. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. And everybody says, amen. amen. Let's celebrate with some people that said that today for the first time, maybe the first time in a long time. Super encouraging today, guys. And I want to speak to, I think sometimes there's those of us that feel like the normal people, and then there's like we, then there's the people that are doing big things. And I think sometimes we see Andy and Christy step out and we're like, man, those guys are the, they're the big things people, and I'm the normal person. Or like Noah and Hannah step out and do something cool in like 19 different countries doing the coolest stuff ever. I don't know if you were jealous, but I was totally jealous and I don't even like leaving the country, but I still want to be a part. But the funny thing is, there's not big things, people, and the rest of us. There's just us. And I want, I, I'm believing today that right now there is maybe the next church planner in here. There's the next missionary in here, but there's also the next godly nurse and doctor that's going to make a difference in this city. It doesn't matter the title. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Jesus is calling us to speak our testimony. You can refute a lot of things, but you can't refute what God's done in my life, and you can't refute what God's done in your life. And I just believe that today, there's not the big stuff people and the rest of us. There's a big God and some people that are willing to be faithful. So how about, how about we be faithful? How about we are a church of faithful people? And sometimes being faithful means going to Israel. Sometimes being faithful means stepping out and starting a church. And sometimes being faithful means staying right where you're at and being God to the people around you. So let's be a church of faithful people. Oh, so good today. I'm so excited about what God's done today. You know what? I tell you what, we need to celebrate something else today. There are some people in the house for the first time. Come on, let's celebrate some people. I want to leave you with just a couple ideas. One is this. Oh, Andy's coming back up. Can't miss this one. Hey, how many love Scotty? It's his and hers jacket today. Andy bought me this coat. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Uh, I bought myself blue. He bought himself pink. No, you I, bought, I me bought pink. himself pink. Bought me. I bought it for him. So uh, I can't miss this opportunity. And I don't know if Scott was going to, and, and he probably, I mean, he probably would have. And then we would have talked about it later. But they're missionaries, and we get to support them. Yeah. And we don't do this. This is like the first, you guys, you realize you're the first missionaries that, are, that have been here. And uh, gosh, I'm so glad you were. And you are. But I sense uh, that we, we so for, for all of us, we need to be obedient and mm. sowing into their life. Yeah. Um, Echo's got a lot of unsure future stuff, right? We talk about it all the time, Scott and I do. We keep that a secret. <laughs> like We might be homeless on uh, August 31st, but no big deal. Um, we'll figure that out when we get there. But these guys, they want to get to Israel and we want to help them get there. And so for, for most of you, you may or may not know this because we don't articulate this very well. Um, but there is a general line of giving and then there's what we call a generous line in giving. And what I want to do with, with like no regret 
is I want all of us to give something to them today. Come on. Like, Come on. maybe you've never given. I don't know what it is. But I sense that that's what we need to do. Every dollar that goes to the generous initiative online today or by the envelope given in the back will go to them 100%. And so if I just want you to ask this one thing, Lord, what are we supposed to do to help someone be obedient with your calling? And you know what's cool too is we get to go visit them in Israel one day. So, (laughs) but do you all understand what I'm saying? And you're probably going to giving. I just kind of skipped it for you. But I wanted them to know for sure that all dollars to generous today will go to Hannah and 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 what's his name, Nolan. So, you know. We encourage you to give, and a lot of times I try to remind you that it's about you. It's about your relationship with God, and we want to see God's best for you. We want to see John 10.10 lived out in your life. And today, not only do you get to pursue God's best for you, but let's launch these guys in a powerful and incredible way. Remind them on the tougher days that there's a church in Minnesota that is praying for them and loves them and wants to come visit them as soon as possible. So let's, let's work that out. So let's do that. Let's give today. Let's be generous. Let's be a church that loves God so much that it doesn't matter what it is, we're going to step out. We're going to be faithful. We're going to give. We're going to serve. We're going to love in a powerful and amazing way. Echo Church, you are amazing, and we love you. We hope you guys have an amazing week. Thanks, guys.